Hey, it's time for Critter of the Week. Nicola Tuki from Forest and Bird joins me now. Hi, Nicola. Uh, well, I've had the very fun job today of letting people know that they've won some funding from our Critter of the Week t-shirt fund. Uh, earlier, <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Earlier we spoke to Jane Ellis, who had nominated Melv, who had, he's basically a Matuku whisperer. He, um, he, he saved over 100 birds, uh, and he's currently repopulating his, his sort of home at all here with uh, freshwater crayfish and freshwater mussels. That was amazing. As well as that, Makara Peak supporters have got some money to buy some AT220 auto resetting Possman rat traps. Predator free Tamahere near my hometown in Hamilton. Actually, there's a couple of locals um, to me. Uh, Predator free Tamahere get some funding. Um, well, congratulations on actually, they just caught the, um, Robert just caught the thousandth pest there and got a chocolate cake with a uh, chocolate rat uh, poking out of it. <laughs> Kakapuku Mountain Conservation Society uh, is a small uh, Kakapuku is a small volcano just outside of Tiawamutu. Shoestring budget, usual story, Nicola. Shoestring budget, lots of volunteer hours, need some help with their trapping. Picton Dawn Chorus and Kaipupu Sanctuary have joined forces. Good for them. Uh, and then maybe let's just also mention Matuku Link, which I think you have some experience with, and they've received some f- uh, funding as well from us. They're a wetland education centre, and they want to do nighttime spotlighting surveys of freshwater fish. Which, what a great uh, thing. And uh, and then, of course, I immediately go to, oh, goodness, what a health and safety saga. <laughs> kids, <laughs> Come on, nighttime kids. creeks, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, now, now that you're the CEO of a, a major company, the first thing you think, oh, gosh, we've got to yeah. fill out some forms. Everybody fill out the form. Uh, Matuku Link is uh, an amazing um, project and it's one of the those great examples of sort of the interconnected mosaic of projects that we have building around the country. So it's very near Ark in the Park and in fact some of the members uh, of Ark in the Park, which is a partnership between Forest and Bird and Auckland Council over in the Waitakere Ranges are, are, are all, it's kind of amoeba-like in terms of how they all interact back and mm. forth between Matuku Link, etc. Uh, which is where, when you have those overlapping mosaics of community groups and you're giving people a kind of diverse range of activities to get involved with, including nighttime surveys for freshwater fish, you are um, like strengthening the resilience and, and building like layering up that protection over time. And and I guess the best example I can think of to to describe that is I learned years ago that Kiwi um, living on the Coromandel at that stage had a longer lifespan than Kiwi anywhere else in the country. And that was simply due to the number of um, community groups and pest control groups and, and, you know, Doc and others all kind of connecting up like a patchwork quilt, if you like, uh, to the extent that it created that just that massive layer of landscape protection. So uh, all of those just sound fantastic. And what a neat early Christmas present for them and a little bit for me and you to feel like we've done, at least contributed our little bit. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, such a fun little job to uh, make those calls. So welcome everyone to Critter of the Week, our weekly look at a, a different endangered native species in New Zealand. And what do you have for us this week, Nicola? Well, happy first day of summer. Uh, yes. Not not really feeling like it down here in Te Waiponamu. More rain, more grey, 
Uh, who knows? Um, looking forward to seeing the summer at some point. <laughs> um, uh, but we this week uh, we're going to talk about the variegated spittle bug. Yes. The Caristoterpa fingens, uh, which I'm sure you were completely aware of. So uh, I love a spittle bug. I used to love finding spittle bugs when I was I've a kid. I've never heard of them before, but the uh, photo have been very intriguing. Yeah. So, um, and it's interesting because I love a spittle bug. I hate spitting. And yeah. um, I I actually was joined by, um, well, I joined some some randos actually recently in Hawke's Bay and went to, went to some random lovely people's friend's house to watch the rugby very early in the morning. And there you, about just, five you just met someone on a plane, didn't you? Yeah, met, met, met someone on a plane and ended up at their mate's house at six in the morning watching the rugby and had a great old time cool. um, with, with my new friends. And and as I left, they kind of went, how cool is New Zealand that you can still yeah, do this yeah, and, yeah, and not be worried that you're going to end up in a plastic rubbish bag somewhere? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and good luck putting you in a plastic room. rubbish bag. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, and when the spitting happened, certainly, well, definitely the woman there, all of us were just like, yuck. Oh, on the rugby field, yeah. Yeah, I can't bear it. Yeah. But anyway, you don't, but you don't mind, it. you don't mind if an insect spits though. Uh, yeah, I don't. But but this one is a little bit of a misnomer because it's not really spitting. Yeah. Uh, so it's spittle. Let's talk about the spittle bug. So people will be wondering, what on earth is she doing? She's gone to Hawke's Bay. She's talking about rugby. Now there's a rubbish bag involved. No, I think they'll so. be. I think they'll be used to it after five, seven years. <laughs> Back in the room. So we're talking about spittle bugs. Uh, these are overseas. These are the little things where you look under a leaf and you find it like froth, like little bubbles, like someone has just kind of spat. Uh, and tucked inside is a lovely little protected juvenile little nymph of a bug. Um, and We've got about 17 species here in New Zealand. Most of those, 14 of those, are endemic to New Zealand. There are about 2,500 species of them across the world. Uh, and what they are is they're little land-based critters that, in order to stop themselves from becoming too desiccated, drying out from the sun when it finally arrives, um, they create their own little aquatic environment. And so they do this by producing a house made of bubbles, um, and they're the only insects to do this, which I think is fascinating. So um, while they are, have rather euphemistically been called spittle bugs, they're, they're not spitting it, they're weeing it. So um, oh. maybe uh, they should be called, so a researcher suggested maybe they could be called piddle bugs. Yeah, or whistle bugs. Whistle bugs, something like that. But in any case, we know them as spittle bugs. And they are essentially peeing out the substance made from undigested sugars, which allows them to um, blow up these wee bubbles. And they make their bubbles by wiggling and contracting their abdomen. And I was going to say, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> probably not polite for, <laughs> for a Friday. Uh, and... And they can do Friday is the day when like, Nicola has ideas and she thinks, shall I or shan't I? Ah, it's Friday. I'll just yeah. say it. Mouth in gear, brain in neutral. Oh, <laughs> that's out there. Sorry, New Zealand. So, um, that, but but in terms of data, because I know lots of people who listen to Critter love data, the spittle bugs can expel enormous amounts of 
piddle urine, but between 150 and 280 times their own body weight. That would be like you or I peeing 10,000 litres a day. Mm. So, so from a physiological point of view, like that is quite an incredible superpower. Um, and so they basically use their abdomen like a wee kind of bellows, <laughs> you know, that you used to use to get the fire cranking yeah. uh, and just conceal themselves uh, in a world of bubbles. And I think that's great. And and the... the um, the fluid is is mixed with sticky kind of stuff from the from feeding on the plant sugar, so they all kind of stick together and hold their shape, and and to such an extent that actually, in order for um, the spittle bug inside to um, be able to breathe properly, they actually have to like push um, out. In, in order that they like a wee snorkel, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're, they're basically protecting themselves from the hot weather. They're protecting I mean, themselves. Who hasn't occasionally had to use a snorkel while in the midst of ten thousand <laughs> liters of their own urine? It's just another way in which nature mimics humanity. Well, exactly, and outdoes us at every turn, right? Although <laughs> you know, I think for. You know, like a, a very occasionally, I have, I have a ten-year-old boy. They're quite reluctant bathers. I'm not sure if you've um, yes, they hate this it. Why? Why do they hate it? One of my kids won't uh, won't get his hair cut because he knows he has to have a shower afterwards. Right. Yeah, kids don't like to be clean, but it, but I have taken to um, – I know that I can get hunger in a bath if there's lots of bubbles in there. And you know when you mm. have a bubble bath and you just crank the bubbles yeah. as much you possibly can and then you, you rest your head inside the bubbles? I reckon it must be kind of like that. <laughs> um, but uh, they can't um, – I wouldn't recommend doing that with the uh, spittle bugs bubbles just because it apparently um, doesn't taste very nice and apparently that scientists think that's probably to deter predators and again big shout out to all you scientists out there because who tasted it who said Darren what are you doing (laughs) can report (laughs) tastes bitter and acrid Uh, and they also sort of emulate some of our COVID rules that we've had in the past because if a spittle bug encounters bubble kingdoms of other nymphs when they're very young, they, they can enter each other's bug bubbles and have a and, and have a super bubble together, which is kind of nice. Mm. Sharing's caring. Um and the other thing is that when they are older they don't need bubbles anymore. Um, so they they find a shady um, kind of a spot to uh, hang out with. But adults are um, don't need to create a spittle house because they're very camouflaged and they can bounce around a lot. And so therefore they they can you know keep away from predators etc. But they uh, that so it's the younger ones. So it's if if we want to go back to the spittlebug circle of life, uh, they are. Br- Basically, female spittle bugs have little ovipositors. We've talked about those before. You often see them, particularly on things like wetter. Most people think that they're a sting. They're not. They're a little hydroslide mm. for eggs. And so they use their ovipositors to lay eggs in fresh plant growth. Uh, and I love this. The eggs have a hardened plate called an egg burster, uh, which is essentially like um, if you think about a jack-in-the-box toy, It basically the baby spittle bug inside the egg pushes against and it can lurch out oh. at that point. 
which is probably really useful. But think about poor old Kiwi chicks. They can take like three days to bloom and get themselves out of an yeah. egg. And then they're just exhausted when they get it. They need an egg burster. Yeah, a little um, escape hatch. And then, the, yeah, little like trigger, pew, out they come. <laughs> um, and then the wee nymphs go through their five stages of development. And it's at about stage three that they think, do you know what would be perfect for my life? A house made of bubbles um <laughs> and so that's what they do they are um so the the wee nymphs are very um they're wingless they're very pale uh and uh they have a little kind of conical head little squished in body and um this particular species has a bright green body and patchy sort of brown wings yeah and um i've just and, found out from your notes that they found on caprosma which is um good news because that's the one plant i've got at my house i've got some uh, caprosma which has gone gangbusters so i might go hunting for it this weekend um i'm gonna ask yeah. you to rate the attractiveness of the spittle bug on a scale of one to ten and i know you want to give a quick plug to some citizen science going on too Yes, so uh, I'm going to give it a six. If you look at their photo, there's I oh, just you can't make that up. It's brilliant. I want to live in a bubble house <laughs> uh, after a very busy week uh, at work. Uh, <laughs> I can I might need a bubble bath after after this week. Um, and yes, plant and food research are running a spittlebug survey to try and find out how widely distributed the critters are. So you might be able to help with this while you're scouting scouting around your um caprosma this weekend, Jesse. Okay. Um, so they have a QR code uh, that you can scan, or um, which I might try and put up on my social media later. Um, or I would base I would be googling plant food research and spittlebug so. survey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great to chat everyone with you. Gets to be. I was just going to say, everyone gets to be a scientist. Yeah. And sometimes that can be heaps of fun. Don't just don't eat the spittle because a Spittlebug spittle, which is actually piddle, uh, is acrid in taste. Thank you, scientist. And B, it might just be spit. Okay. I'm off to Fossick around the Caprosma. Have a great weekend. You too, Jesse. Thanks.